and he enters into the temple and he finds himself in the right place at the right time because the Jewish customs was that when you were 12 years old, you have your bar mitzvah. That's when you are presented to society as a young man. So he's 12 years old and he enters into the role of manhood. He enters into the role of responsibility as a young priest, ready to do the work of the kingdom of the living God. He sits among those who are well-learned and well-versed in the scripture. And he is so caught up because now that he has crossed over, and entered into this place of revelation, knowledge, and wisdom, he's ready for his assignment. Yes, yes. So we find in this text that he stays there, and his parents don't know that he's not with them because it's a crowd, and they think that their son is walking with them, and one day later, they find that their son is no longer there. So they go back to the temple, and they find their son there among the leaders. Mm -hmm. And they ask the question, why did you weary us? Why did you worry us? Mm -hmm. And the son responds and said, I must be about my father's business. However, it was not his time yet. Yes. And so the child was tested to see whether or not he would be obedient to the authority because sometimes we can embrace an assignment and we can get a title, we can get a tag, we can get an understanding of what we can do, but you still have to obey the authority. Just because I may have went to college and became educated by the degrees associated behind my name, it does not make me an authority over my mom. And it doesn't qualify me to condemn or criticize to make her think that I am better than she is. She is still the authority over So here it is when he accepts the first responsibility. His mother and father said, Boy, you, you just crossed over. And we know that according to customs, that you are a young man now, but you have not yet lived life. You have not yet been through the testing. You have not yet even learned the trade of your father to be a carpenter. See, there was a great test that was going to come and test the child Jesus, the young man, and that was the early death of his father. Because if you read the Gospels, uh, after Jesus is in the temple and he goes back home, we hear no more about Joseph. Yeah. My God. So was it at 12 or 13 or 14 when his dad died? We don't know, but he had to go home and handle the responsibility yes. to take care yes. of his mother. Yes. Sometimes we think that it's all about the ministry and we're so caught up. But I would be, uh, it would be in a way kind of outside of the norm of God for God to give us an assignment and then he wants us to negate our responsibility of the other duties and responsibilities he's given to us. I don't care how great I can preach the word. I don't care how much I love the word. My life must be balanced. I can't be everything 
said that Jesus, uh, after his mom said, you know, it's not your time yet, he got his little happy self up and he went and he followed the order of an obedient son and did that which his mother asked of him to do. But the mother, it says that, but she remembered in her heart. Uh, yeah. She remember seeing her son sitting in there with the great men of God and able to articulate the word of God. Don't you know she was a proud mama? And then, what made her even the more proud is that her son could walk away from that responsibility knowing that he loved being there, knowing that he wanted to be there and obey the one who had rulership and leadership over him. So there we find Jesus turns 30 years old. Now, under the Levitical order of the priesthood, at 30 years old, you are now ready to embrace the job of priest. So now he's ready. He's 30 years old, and he's headed in the right direction. Yes. And John the Baptist had already proclaimed that there is one that is going to come whose shoelaces I am not worthy to unlace. He's going to baptize with fire. I'm baptizing with water, but this man is going to bring forth the Holy Ghost. So Jesus shows up on the scene. And now imagine this. The King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, the one that is about to establish the priesthood under the order of Melchizedek. He shows up. John recognizing that's the one. Yeah. Jesus submits under the authority of one who is a prophet and he is king of kings, lord of lords, the yeah. great prophet, the yeah. great priest, but yeah. yet he submits under John's authority. Yeah. Yeah. Obedience still being tested. Yeah. He know who he is. Yeah. However, he has to submit according to the word of God. Yeah. So he goes and, and John baptizes him. And when he comes up out of the water, there is a validation, an ordination that takes place. A dove lays hands on him as we lay hands on those whom we ordain for ministry. Yes. The dove, they said, came down and descended yes. upon him, ordained yes. him for the order of priesthood yes. to establish that order in the kingdom of yes. a living God. Yes. Yes. And the heavens opened and the Lord God said, yes. this is yes. my beloved son. And him, I am well pleased. I saw him when he was 12. I see him now at 30. I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit fell upon him. But then in Matthew's gospel, it says that even though the Lord God was well pleased with him, that the Lord God still saw that he's a 100% man. And he's 100% flesh. His flesh got to be tested. So the word of God says that the spirit of God led him into the wilderness so that he could be tested for 40 days Work the test. Y'all better get this. Come on. The spirit of God, not the enemy, but the spirit, because sometimes that old enemy won't leave me alone. That old enemy just keeps coming at me. Yes. So how dare we have the audacity 
to get mad when we gotta go through a test. Oh God. When God tested himself. I mean, God testing himself to prove to the world that he can pass the test. Because we say we have a greater one inside of us than he that is in the world. I call that in the spirit, Providence Felicia, you will pass the test. Glory. And you are passing exceedingly well. That was straight from the Lord. That was a moment here about this service. He let you, you have to be very keen in the spirit. You can pick up what he's saying. So we find here that he was led into the wilderness by the spirit of God, by God himself, leading himself into the wilderness so that the flesh part that had to cover the spirit of the living God could be tested. This flesh that houses the spirit of the living God is going to be tested. Now if you flunk, get up and try it again. That's it, that's it, that's it. In the midst of him being tested, he got very hungry. Said that he became hungry. And he was hungry in natural because he was in the 40 days and 40 nights fasting. But he got even more hungry for the Lord. And the Lord God will bless those who are hungry after him in the middle of the test. He was like, oh God, I just love you so much. I just want so much more of you, God. I want you to fill me, God, with your spirit, with your power, and with your might so that your glory might be revealed, God. I'm not going to stop praising you, Lord God. I'm not going to stop looking to the hills from what's coming to my help. My faith is not going to fail. Dr. Miles Monroe from the teaching about the power of faith, the power of the kingdom of faith. He says these things. Don't trust anyone who has never been tested. <laughs> if you're flunking every situation in your life, why am I going to trust you and you can't even get through the baby test?
And even as I said earlier, some feel that testing is a result of sin, which is a dangerous misconception. Somehow we relate a test and a challenge with sin. Just because I'm being challenged and just because I'm being tested doesn't mean that I have fallen into sin. Oh, you know what? She shouldn't have put her mouth on that one. She shouldn't have said that. If she hadn't said that, then that wouldn't have happened to God. I know y'all do that. Y'all evaluating, sizing us up by what you perceive in your mind that I might have said or done that was contrary to your belief system of how I should have responded to that situation. Cancel those thoughts out. I have gone through my testing and my trials for the glory of God. It has nothing to do with what I did or didn't do. I have been by the blood of Jesus Christ. God doesn't save me to bring pain and harm to me. And sometimes we might slip up and do it ourselves, but He doesn't save me to do that. He saved me for His glory. Jesus met a man who was blind from his birth. And his disciples ran to him and said, Jesus, who said? Was it more? Or is daddy? One of them had to sin because the baby didn't know any sin, so why would the baby be blind? And Jesus said, looked at them and said, in so many words, y'all are so foolish. Y'all are so caught up in your own thoughts and ideas about things. You've been falling behind me. And you've never seen me rationalize with God like that. And he gave them a rebuke, and he said that neither mom nor dad sinned. But this situation had to happen for the glory of God. There's some stuff going on in your life right now, and it had to happen for the glory of God. The Bible is full of testing. Abraham and Sarah was tested. We had a great presentation on Friday night, Pastor Brenda. She portrayed Sarah, yeah. right. a woman in her old age, yeah. that brought, brought forth a child. It was y'all should have been here Friday night. It was awesome. It wasn't it wasn't even Benjamin's Bible, right? <laughs> and she talked about how Sarah got into the place of doubting, but her husband had to cover her in faith. See, 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 Abraham had already been tested because the Lord told him, leave your country. Oh, yes. Go to a foreign place where yes. you don't even know nobody. Yes. Want you to pitch your tent up over there. Abraham got up, pitched his tent, so he was he, he passed the test. So he was well able to cover his wife. So he had to speak over her and cover her so that she could rise up to a place where she could believe. Then she got with her husband, and the next thing you know, Isaac was born. Come on.
And they are worried about your stuttering then. Uh -huh. They can't get what I have. See, somebody is, is sizing you up and they, they're worried about how you articulate the word of God and they can't even hear God because they are looking whether or not your subject and word agree with what you are saying. Come on, Apostle. Come on. You know, sometimes when I know I got to bring forth a scripture, I read it over and over again because I want to make sure I enunciate it right. I, I want to make sure that I pronounce it right. Sometimes I will even go on the internet and make sure that I get the right uh, uh, enunciation of that word. But sometimes when the Holy Ghost comes in, you ain't going to have time to practice how well you come out. You're going to just say it. Hey, you. 
you back. Where's the glory? What happened to the glory? You were just caught up. Just a few seconds ago. Just a few minutes ago. Then here comes a test that you didn't even have time to study for. You didn't get a chance to write down your answers. To go to the scripture to get the right word. And so what came up? Your flesh. My God. My God. Yes. 
Faith is your belief in your conviction that creates your confidence in life. Yes. Let me say that again. Yeah. Faith is your belief in your conviction mm -hmm. that creates your confidence in life. You can only have confidence if you have faith. Mm -hmm. When you lose your belief, you lost your faith and you yes. lost your confidence. Ooh, our children need to learn that. Adults. That if I don't have faith, then I am not confident. Yes. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yes. I feel that everybody else is going to get it before me. I feel like, well, I didn't get that job because it just wasn't for me, but you wanted it. But somewhere in your mind, you created an environment where your confidence began to shift, you know, begin to fall yes. and falter. And the next thing you know, you're given over to the enemy that say that someone else deserved that more so than you. The devil is alive. I deserve everything that the Lord has for me. And so my faith has already created an environment where my confidence is greater than the experience that I'm in right now. Your faith is manifested by the test it encounters. Your faith is manifested by the test that it encounters. Mm -hmm. Some of you are having some extremely hard tests right now. You feel like, oh, this is just too hard. This is the hardest test I've ever went through. This is the greatest trial I've ever went through. But it is to manifest your great faith, yes. your gift of faith. If you have decreed and declared, which I have, and that's the reason I believe that my life has been tested in such a way that I have the gift of faith. I have the gift of faith. I have the gift of faith. And some of y'all, y'all with me, y'all raise your hand if you've already decreed, I got the gift of faith. So when you decree that, then you're going to have some monumental test. How can a gift come forth if there's not a great big test that it supersedes just a little baby test? Come on now, come on. So you just say, well, I just want a little bit of faith. Some of you say, I just want the faith of a little mustard seed. You just got a little bit of test, you know, but you got a little mustard seed faith. That's all you want. That's all you've been saying. Just give me the faith of a mustard seed. <laughs> You got a little bit of trials, a little bit of tests, and those of us who said, I want the gift of faith, we got everything. Every time you look around, something breaking loose. Break loose at home, break loose at school, break loose with the children, break loose in the church. Every time you look around, something is breaking loose, and then you broke your toenail, and you said, oh, that hurts so bad. But you got a mustard seed faith, and we got the gift of faith, and then we look at you like, your, your toe can't be hurting that bad. I blew my toe the other day, and it feels fine because you asked for the gift of faith. We got the first to see. Leave them alone. <laughs> so, if you got these tsunamis keep coming after you, you gotta say, let the talks of God come forth. Awesome. <laughs>
you survive and will the doxa of God be revealed? His nature, which is the doxa, his power, his strength, or will you crumble under pressure? Oh, oh wow. And nobody can see his nature. Where's God's nature? I thought that they had the power of God in them. I can't see his strength. I can't see what he looks like. They crumble under pressure. They got their little lunchbox <laughs> And they stop fighting. They're somewhere hiding. <laughs> but do you not know? You can run, but you can't hide. You have a sword. As soon as you come out of hiding, guess what? It's going to reappear. Your mind, my glory has to be revealed. My glory. I was I was a Babaka. I was resting. I was getting in your presence, Lord. Because there's just so much going on. Yes, but you haven't won the race yet. You haven't allowed my glory to come in. What you were running from. Get back in the race and fight. Your faith is as strong as the test it survives. Did your faith survive your last test? Can you say that in that, I got an A? I don't have to take that one again. Y'all looking downcast. Can you say honestly, without a shadow of doubt, and I just, I just aced that one. And it's something when you ace a test and you've gone through that trial and that tribulation and there's no residual of smoke. You don't it smell like the fire. You have like a confidence. You walk in and You thought you had me. You thought I was going to go there. You tried to pull me in and make me do some stuff that I didn't need to. And I know I didn't need to do and I didn't do it, and you walk out. <laughs> hey! That's how I feel. Y'all might not feel that. I'm like, oh, God! You feel really good, don't you? Like, oh, God, I didn't flop this time. I didn't, I didn't cuss them. I didn't, I, I didn't go there with them. I didn't go low. I went high. Is God prerequisite for testing you? When you're in college, uh, you can't take uh, 200 series until you finish the 100. And then when you finish the 100, you go on to the 200. Because sometimes it would say, you cannot take this class unless you've taken 250. And you haven't taken class 250, so you have to go back and take 250. Because they're not going. The institution is not going to just let you think that you are ready for a sophomore, junior level course, or a senior level course when you haven't had the basic fundamentals of being in college. Right. Now, if an institution can operate that way, then why in the world do we think that we don't have to have a prerequisite to get that which God has for us? 
I don't care how you labor and how you fast. I'm fasting and I'm praying. But in the middle of the fasting and the praying, you're probably being tested in an area. So that God can get you ready for what he has for you. And if you keep flunking out and you keep saying, I know my ship is coming in. I know I'm getting mine. That boat is on the way. My stuff is on the way. And you're all excited. But you're flunking every test. You're fasting. You're praying. You're in the word. But a situation comes in and disturbs your peace. And your way of thinking and believing. And the next thing you know, you done flunked again. You done said that which you all not say. You done did that which you all not do. Do you not know that you flunked? Right. <laughs> Jesus. Go back and get it right with God. A requirement is necessary before something. If you see testing as negative, God will never trust you with something. Testing is God's laboratory. Yes. I remember in science and having experiments, and, and we would go into the lab. You know, and most of your college courses requires you to go into the lab where you can practice what you've learned. And that's what science is. You go in and you experiment with what you have learned to see that you have an understanding of a concept. The same is in the kingdom of God. God wants to see you practice that thing out so he can see that I saw you going through that. I saw how you dealt with that test. You passed that test. You were in my laboratory, and I'm sitting on high, and I'm looking down, and I'm seeing how you deal with the test. The best example that I gave to you as far as the testing is when Jesus was 12 years old, and he went into the temple. He was being tested. Yes. I gave you the example about him being baptized, he was being tested. Yes. And even in the wilderness, he was being tested. Mm -hmm. God will use no one whom he has not yet tested. If you want to say, I'm going to be used, and people give us the words all the time, you're going to be used mightily by the Lord. The Lord is getting ready to use you mightily. Well, know that God is getting ready to test you mightily. You know, we receive that like, I'm going to be a world traveler. I'm going international. God is going to use me to lay hands on the sick. And the sick is going to be made whole. Great deliverance is going to come forth. But know that there's a mighty test. Receive both of it. Receive that you are going to be used mightily. But Lord God, prepare me for the test. No, 
even no exchange. Yeah. You step on that ticket. No exchange, no refunds. Now you looked at that fabric and you saw that the quality was not good, but you just had it. And when it washes, it comes apart. Well, God looks at the quality of the fabric that we're wrapped in. The Spirit of God is wrapped up in. Yes. The Spirit is wrapped up in our flesh. Yes. Him and our hearts, which is flesh. The Lord God says the heart, the flesh of the king is in his hands. And he can turn and massage that flesh however he wants to. So the quality of your, of your faith, the source or objective of your faith determines the quality of your faith. Where do you get your faith from? Did your faith come out of disappointment? Did it come when people let you down? That will happen. Or from your experiences in life. Your faith only comes from your experiences with God. Amen. I think I need to go here. Yes. Oftentimes, we will lose faith in God and ministry because people have let us down. But what is the quality of your faith? Is it based on your relationship with an individual that you have put your trust in? And when that person they show their weaknesses or their inadequacies? Do your faith begin to wither because you had your faith in people and not in God? Do we run away from the ministry in which God has given us to serve because our faith has let us down because it was built up on people? That's the reason the word of God said, trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and all your minds, and all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your path because I am a mere person. With all my inadequacies and on my best day, I cannot be better than God. On my best day, I cannot give you the what you need to get to the level of faith that you need to be in. That's your relationship with the Lord. Miles Monroe gave the example for us who are married. He said that when we get married, one we put one hundred percent faith in our marriage. We believe based on some evidence that that person showed us how good they are and what a great provider they're going to be, how supportive they're going to be, how they're going to love us in spite of. But as soon as a disappointment comes, I don't know whether or not I love that man. <laughs> Situations. Because our faith was in the concept of marriage yeah. and the idea that we had of a person in our minds. We began to ideal, you know, uh, idolize a person and put them up in this place and they're supposed to be able to do everything that we have idolized them to do. And when they are not capable of doing that which we have created in our own mind, we begin to doubt their ability. Yeah. We begin to doubt our relationship. The same on our jobs and even in ministry. We have people sized up. As a pastor, some of you got me sized up. And if I dare not do how you have sized me in your mind, you become disappointed and your faith fails you and you don't want to serve. My dog, my dog. It happens on our jobs. 
we size up our managers, we size up the organization, and we say that this organization is going to do this. We're so happy because we have our job, but let the organization not promote us. Oh, God. Oh, God. I need to get me another job because they're not treating me right. But if our faith is in God, no matter what people do, we still have faith to believe. Yes. That's the reason so many marriages fail. I've lived through them. Because I sized him up. Some no, weren't ordained. Some marriages are not ordained by God, and we just walk into them. And we mess it all up. But those that are ordained by the Lord, some of us still find ourselves walking away from them because we sized him up. Instead of sizing God up and saying, God, you know what? He may not be able to do this, but by the time I finish praying in faith, that mother's going to be doing everything. That sister's going to be doing everything. Because my faith is in God and not in him. My faith is not in Paris, Frank, Kirita. But it is in God Almighty. 